Hey, Merry Christmas. I hope you had a great Thursday night and Friday. We did. We had a few people at least around the table and we got to cherish our time together. You know, what makes Christmas special is not the presence under the tree, but who is present with you around the tree. So I just pray that you had a great time with family and with friends. And uh, I just want to welcome all of you here. We're online only this weekend for a number of reasons. So uh, jump on the chat there. Wish somebody Merry Christmas. There's folks paying attention. If you have a prayer request or even a praise report, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to know it. Do me a couple things, would you? Uh, if you haven't already subscribed, subscribe to this feed and it'll pop up on. Uh, right now, you could invite somebody. I, I know you can text somebody. You can invite somebody to come and join with us. I think I have a word from the Lord. I know I do. I'm excited to preach it to you. And so uh, just invite somebody else, if you would. Uh, just Quick reminder, we'll be here at 9 and 10.30 next week. Invite somebody to that service. It's easy to do. I'm not in the chapel this Wednesday, so don't jump there and go. I want to thank you. Uh, I forget, I heard the number, uh, the number of families that we helped uh, over Christmas, and you did that. You gave, and it was tremendous. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the communion bread lit your candle and is letting it shine this year and pushing back and leaning against the darkness. I want to thank you again for giving there online. It's right there in your feed uh, for giving on the app. I just uh, want you to know that that giving has empowered us to reach a number of families this year. And without doing that, we wouldn't have been able to do everything we've done. And we're not done. So there's still some things we're trying to do. And uh, so thank you for your giving. Uh, if this ministry has impacted you, you certainly can help us with a one-time gift or you can make us part of your ongoing giving. So uh, it's good to have you. I, I've got a, a word for you. I just really uh, get ready, get your Bible, get prepared, because here we go. John chapter 1, four verses here. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of the world. Pray with me. Father, I pray this morning that the words that I speak would be Your words, that these lips would allow You to prophetically declare that which you have for us this morning. I pray the ears, wherever they're at, would be anointed to hear and that Father God would bring faith into their life. Faith to challenge this next year and to run strong. I ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. You see, God does everything by His Word. There's nothing that has ever been done that God hasn't done by using, by speaking His Word. And Christmas is the same thing. That Word became flesh. And for many people, uh, Christmas was just a holiday. But for those of us that believe in Jesus Christ, cr Christmas is far more than about our recreation. It's about the recreation and the relighting of humanity in the image and the likeness of God. And, and so God gives us this great gift. We're all wearing our gifts this morning. You're probably there in your bathrobe or your new shoes or whatever. See, God gave a gift on that first Christmas, and quite honestly... We're still trying to unwrap that gift, that, that swaddling baby, that, that, that word in flesh. We're, we're still trying to unwrap it and understand what that gift is. 
I don't know about you, but have you ever received a gift that you just really didn't know what to say? I mean, you unwrap it and you kind of go, ooh, what, what? and you smile and you try to pretend that you get it. But, you know, the gift doesn't really seem to fit you, doesn't really seem to fit where you're at in your life. I mean, it just doesn't fit your current experience, doesn't fit where you're at now, it doesn't fit who you are. It just doesn't seem to make sense. I, I want to say to you that God never gives a gift that fits where you're at right now, where you are. It doesn't fit what you're doing. It doesn't fit in your culture. See, God gives a gift that is about your future. God gives a gift about who you are becoming, about what you're going to do, about where you're going to be in the future. The gift that God gave to us on Christmas so long ago didn't make sense to many people. That's why they never paid any attention to it, because a baby lying in a manger doesn't seem to help them with the issues that they were having at that moment. But the gifts that God gives talks to us about our identity and about our destiny. And they unwrap for us who we are as we begin to unwrap this gift that He's given to us. See, the gift of Jesus Christ is so great that when people do begin to see Christ reveal Himself, everybody then begins to follow Him. In the beginning, there were just a handful, but as Christ reveals who He is in the next three decades, then the crowds begin to gather around Him. The question then this morning, here we are 2,000 years later, is what are we doing with the gift that God has given to us? That Word become flesh. What are we doing with the Word that God has given to us? Can we handle it? Oh, how, how do we deal with this Word of flesh appearing in our lives? Many people put it in the back of their closet because it doesn't make any, right? I mean, you've got them. You put it in the back of your closet. You put it on the shelf. You, for many of you, you leave it laying under the tree because you just don't get it. Uh, the gift of Christmas is the same way. The Hebrew writer tells us that it's by faith that we understand the worlds were framed by the Word of God. You see, unless you live by faith, you'll never understand why Christmas is so powerful. You'll never understand this word that's come to us in the flesh. It, you can't rationalize it. You have to, by faith, begin to understand what God has done. Because without faith, Christmas is just another holiday, just another day off. It's just another reason to get together and have food. But see, the Word of God changes the way we see the world, changes the way we live, changes our perspective about everything. God said, light be. It changed everything. It changed everything that was going on in the earth that was void and without form. And if you really understand that the entrance of His Word brings light, then the Christ that was born, the Word that is given, every word that's ever spoken to us will begin to change everything in our lives. And we know that Christ would say we live not by bread alone, but by every word. See, I'm convinced that most people have stacks of words that God has given to them. If you start looking back in your life, you've received a number of words from God. Isaiah says that just as the rain and the snow comes down, so does the Word of God. God has rained and showered gifts upon gifts upon us. He's given us words upon words. But most of the time, we don't capture them in the cisterns of our lives so that we can drink from them as life goes on. Every word, every word of God gives life. He said the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Over this next year, I'm going to try to unpack for us how powerful the gift is that we've received.
that there is power in our lives, but because we haven't understood the Word of God, comprehended it, we didn't continue to unwrap it, it didn't seem to fit where we are and what we are doing, that we have allowed that Word to remain in our lives, but it hasn't empowered us. The Bible says that we're born again by the enduring Word of God. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but His words will in no way pass away. You see, the gift that we were given on that Christmas so long ago will never stop giving. That gift will never wear out, never break down. It doesn't even need batteries. It doesn't need to be recharged. The words that God gave to us 2,000 years ago or yesterday or this morning, those words, that gift will is eternal, will remain forever. You, you don't even have to upgrade it. There's not a new system. It's once you get the system of the Word of God, it is never, you don't need to upgrade it. I've heard people use this upgrade. You don't need to upgrade, you just need to download the original of the thing and it'll systematically work in every area of your life. The Bible says that His name is the Word of God, that His name has been magnified above His name, that that Word is settled. It, it doesn't change. His, His, you can depend on it. It stays the same forever and ever. The Bible says He sent His Word and healed and then restored and renewed. You see, God sends a Word for you and your life, and the Lord is my, the Word is your. You fill in the blank. That Word that God gave to us 2,000 years ago, the Scripture, the, the, the Word made flesh, that Jesus, He fits every need in every season and in every time of your life. You just have to stop and appreciate the Word that God has given to you. The Word that became flesh. In the initial beginning, He was a baby. But today, He's not a baby. He's a king seated on the throne of God, and He is there to perform His Word. He is right here, right now, ready to perform every word that He's ever given to any human being that's ever lived and that ever is living. I love what Isaiah says in Isaiah 55, verse 11. I love it in one of the new translations. It says, they make things happen that I want to happen. He said, I send my word out and it accomplishes, but this translation says, it makes the things happen that I have decided to have happen. He said, I make things succeed. The gifts of God determine what happens in your life. You see, you and I don't depend on our talent. We depend on the gifts that God has given to us. He's given gifts to us, and those gifts empower us to be and to do and to accomplish those things that are in front of us to do. You can't rely on the talents that come to us just in human form. You have to rely on the supernatural gifts, and those gifts are conveyed to us by the Word of God. I love what Balaam says when he says, listen, God, God, I can't speak anything other than God has said. God is not a man that he would lie. If he has said it, he's going to perform it. No one can alter the word that God's given to us. No one can change it. No one can. I love what Jeremiah the prophet, he tells Jeremiah the prophet, every word that I give to you will come to pass. Every word that I give to you will come to pass. Not one word will fail, but every one of them will take root and produce in your life. Jesus begins to say things like, if you continue, if you continue, if you don't start and stop. And you ever watch, you ever ridden with somebody and they run up on something and they stop and then they fall back and they run? No, no, if you continue, if you're steadfast, if you're sure, if you make a decision to abide in the Word of God, He says, 
If you abide in the Word of God, you can ask me anything you want to. We've been abiding in what CNN, ABC, CBS. We've been abiding and dwelling and thinking and all of that stuff. And listen to me, Christmas reminds us that we are to abide, to live, to continue in the Word that God has given to us. I mean, in the New Testament, you hear things like, if you just speak a word, my servant will be healed. That, that word would accomplish things. That's crazy. But see, Christmas is crazy. And Christmas should leave us crazy. Christmas should cause us to be radical. Because Jesus is the radical revolutionary that comes to break into the world system and to give us the system of the Word. So that we no longer live as victims of the system of the world, but we become people that live by an entirely different system. I'd say to some of you, it's the difference between Microsoft and Apple. I think Apple, never mind. Uh, but you have to begin to understand that God gives us this gift called the Word of God in the flesh, and we have to unwrap it. Jesus would say in the seventh chapter of Matthew, you have to build your house on this Word. If you build your house on the Word of God, then when the rain comes, when the storms come, that your house will sustain. It'll, it'll remain. He said, if you build your house on the Word, if you do this, then your house will be able to withstand the storms that come in life. You, you could put it this way. The storms of the world reveal the foundation of your life. 2020 has been a storm in some ways. But the interesting thing is, is that the storm, the rain, the flood, all of that reveals whether or not you have built your life on the Word of God or whether you were depending on the systems of this world. I, I love the difference, the contrast between what Isaiah says when he says, hey, I'm raining the Word of God down in your life. It's snowing, it's going down, and it's not going to return without producing what I intended it to produce. And then you get over here and Jesus says, the rain will come and it'll reveal who you are. So the rain comes, an outpouring of the presence of God, and it will reveal the foundation of our lives. And, and if you keep reading in the New Testament, you'll find words where Jesus said, hey, the enemy will come instantly to steal the Word of God. The enemy will come to steal the gift that you receive. He'll come instantly to steal from you and rob from you this relationship that God sends in His Son. You have to always recognize that there is an enemy trying to rob you of the gift that you've received, of the Word of God that's come into your life. That he wants to take that Word out. He wants to make that Word be ineffective in your life. And if you keep reading Mark 4, you'll find out that the tribulations, the persecutions, the viruses, the whatever, that those things, because the Word has no root, can cause you to lose sight of the beauty of this gift that's been given to you. Or the cares of the world. You, they, they can rob from you. There is the reality that unless the Word is put to work, that faith without works, that unless you take the gift and you begin to unwrap it, even though it doesn't seem to fit in this moment in your life, if you don't take the Word and begin to do something with it, if you don't begin to put it to action, uh, that there's a corresponding response to the receiving of this gift. Listen, if I never take the gifts that the kids gave me on Friday and do anything with them, then I really am not showing appreciation for the gift. The real thank you is when the gift that you've been given begins to be used in your life. If you buy a kid a toy and he never plays with it, well, you miss the point. Either you bought the wrong toy or the kid didn't really appreciate the toy. God sent His Word to us. 
But if we are so lazy that we will not begin to walk in it, speak it, live in it, then that word will never benefit our lives. The writer of Hebrews says, but the word which they heard did not profit them. It was profitless because they didn't mix faith with it. You have to look at this gift, this word sent by God. You have to look at it. You have to hear it. And you have to begin to believe that if you step out upon that word, it'll begin to do things in your life. But it does not profit us to receive the word of God and then not believe that that word will work in our lives. We have to begin to step out on it. I love what Jesus says to them. They they say, well, what do we do? He said, well, the work of a believer is to believe. It's to receive this word and begin to put it to work in your life. Therefore, I say unto you, those things that you say when you pray, believe you receive them. See, you got to receive the gift. You, you, you got to go back under the tree this morning and pull that gift out and take another look at it. You, you got to go back to the Bible, pull that word out, take another look at it. You got to go back to the stories that we've been reading in Advent and take another look at it. There's a word that's been given to you for this moment in your life and for the destiny that he has for you. But listen to me, Christian, you got to receive it. You got to not only pray it, but you got to believe and receive that right now that work, word is working in your life. He always gives us gifts ahead of time. He always gives us the word that we need that doesn't seem to make sense. And yet God knows that as you unwrap it, it'll work in your life today. It's happened to me a hundred times. I'd get a word from the Lord that didn't seem to make any sense. The child would be born and it doesn't seem to make any sense. No one takes notice. Because God gives gifts to us that reveal to us who we are that we don't know. God gives gifts to us that reveal a destiny that we've yet to dream. God will give a coat of many colors to a boy, and he doesn't even realize who he's going to be. He'll give that coat to people. He'll give give us stuff and gifts, words in our lives, prophetic words, visions and dreams. But we got to take them back out, and we got to take another look at them. Because God will give gifts that are directional. The gifts, the words that God gives, gives us a direction, uh, uh, appoints us in the right way. But he'll never give you the details. Can I tell you something? He says to Abraham, I want you to go. And Abraham goes, but he hasn't got any details. He, He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know how long he's going. He doesn't understand anything. God will give us directions, but he doesn't give us any details. Meaning that you have to begin to live in the middle of that direction and take the first step. Right now, this morning, I know I'm talking to somebody. Some of you have, ne- you're, you're sitting in, in, in Martha's house, you're sitting in grandmother's house, and you're listening to me preach because they've made you sit there. Listen, the Word became flesh. His name is Jesus. And unless you receive Him as Lord, nothing else will make any sense because it's by faith we understand that the worlds are framed by the Word of God. You have to make room for Jesus. We've been talking for weeks, church, about making room for Jesus, about receiving this gift, this word that turned on the light, this this word that is born in our lives. We have to step out in the direction that he spoke to us. Peter had to step out on one word, come. And when he stepped out on that word, he began to walk on the solidity of God's word. Peter began to understand that, right? He's, He's up on a roof and he's praying. He's up on the roof and he's praying and these other people show up and and he has to go with them. 
He doesn't have a clue that he's going to Cornelius' house. He doesn't have a clue that God is trying to bring Gentiles into the kingdom of God. We don't have a clue how big that is. We've heard that story a hundred times in Acts chapter 10, where Peter is praying and Cornelius is praying and Cornelius is a Roman centurion and Peter is this fisherman turned preacher. And all of a sudden, Peter has this vision and Cornelius has this word and those two follow the direction of the word they've been given and it opens up the kingdom of God to Gentiles, never before allowed. People to come into the I declare to you that in 2021, God's going to open up doors and you're going to see people flooding into the kingdom of God that have never flooded before because the people of God take the word of God in a different faith and seriously begin to push through division, through the prejudice, through all of those divisions and open up the kingdom of God for people to come into. But you and I have to receive the word and follow the directions without having a lot of details. That gift of the first Christmas changed the way the world and you and I were going to live. Up until the birth of Jesus in the world, the world created its own systems. The world developed its own kingdoms and, and they fought for one another. There were empires. There was the Roman Empire. There was the Assyrian Empire. And all of the systems of the world were trying to control humanity. But suddenly... The Word of God became flesh and was born among us. And those disciples took that Word, and it says they went out preaching everywhere. And the Lord worked with them to confirm the Word that He had given to them. Listen, we can go out in 2021 and begin to declare the Word that God has given to us, and God will confirm that Word with signs, wonders, and miracles because there's enough power in His Word to perform the Word that He spoke to us. There's enough power in the promises and in the visions and the dreams if we but will step out in the direction and live in a different way. Live in a different way than what we've been living. All things are possible to those people who will believe that the Word of God has come into their life. That's the word I see for 2021, that there's power in the Word. There's not power in man's own ability to create, but there's power in the Word. And when that Word was born in Bethlehem, then that Word was given back to us. But you see, I've watched for a number of years, people get addicted to stuff. They get addicted to what they drink. They get addicted to what they smoke. They get addicted to uh, food. We get addicted to the things of this world. And that addiction becomes a bondage. And we become locked into it. And, and, and today, I have to tell you that people are addicted to the ways of the world. They depend on the systems of this world more than they depend on the Word of God. And we have to break our addiction to the way the world operates. For years now, I've heard, well, everybody does it. Well, I don't care that everybody does it. Well, everybody talks that way. I don't care that everybody talks that way. Listen, we have accepted as normal a system that keeps us in bondage. We've allowed ourselves to remain captive to the way the world does stuff. 
In fact, we seem to run at the world. Tell us how to do it. Tell us how to do this. Tell us how to do that. And there's all kinds of systems that spin in the world and they do nothing but take away the power that you have because you've received the Christ. You've received these promises from God that are living and alive and they will take you into the kingdom of God. And it'll in fact manifest the kingdom of God. But we have to break the addiction to the world in order to live in the power of the word. If you thought that me just being online was going to calm me down, it really doesn't. And uh, so this morning I want to run through just a couple of three things. Well, more than a couple Everywhere I turn around, there's another 12-step program to help you stop eating. There's a 12-step program to help you stop looking at pornography. There's a 12-step program to help you stop whatever. How about a 12-step program that will break all the addictions of the world and bring you into the system of the power of the Word of God? What, what if you could follow a process, a pattern, a discipline, a habit, that would literally break the hold of everything that the world uses. I don't care whether it's food or drink or smoke or anything. Credit card use. What if God has given us a way, a truth, and a life, whereby the power of the world would be broken and the power of the Word of God that's been given to us would begin to operate in our lives? Proverbs chapter 4 is this beautiful little peace. It says, son, pay attention to what I say and turn your ear to my words. Pay attention. Number one, whatever you pay attention to, pay attention to the word of God. We need to take our attention back. If you've ever served in the military, they go attention and you do, you pay attention. You expect to receive the next command. You expect to receive the next order. You delight yourself in paying attention. Whatever you pay attention to will control the power and the destiny of your life. In 2021, we need to pay attention to the word. This is the moment to begin to break open your Bible and read more than you've ever read in your life because whatever you pay attention to will determine what happens in your life. Now, number two, incline your ear. Turn your ear. Uh, uh, incline. That, that, that word incline. Lean into it. Lean not to your own understanding. Lean not to what the news is saying. Lean not to whatever they're predicting. But lean into the Word of God. Lean a little closer. Sometimes God is whispering and you got to lean in to listen. You got, you got to push through the white noise. You got to push through all those spinning stories. And you got to lean in and trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean, lean not into your own understanding, but just hear it and put it into practice. Whose report are you going to believe? You're going to believe the reports of the world, or are you going to re 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 believe the word of God that's come to you, that Christ that is born in your life? Number three, do not let them depart from your eyes. Listen to me. The Word of God is a lamp to your feet, but you got to keep your eyes on the light. you got to understand that you got to keep looking at what the Word has given to you. You see, the Word of God will create images in your mind. The Word of God will paint a different picture from the one that the world is giving. But you've got to always not just pay attention and not just lean in to listen, but you've got to allow them to be able to create pictures in your mind and in your soul and in your heart. And then verse 21 says, keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them 
in the midst of your heart. In other words, don't just pay attention and don't just listen and don't just watch it, but put it down on the inside. Let it move from the outside senses, from what you hear and what you see, and let it become a part of your soul. Let the Word of God get so embedded down on the inside of you that the Word becomes your flesh, that your flesh becomes the Word of God, that just as the Word became flesh, let that Word become a part of your soul, part of your inside. Let it begin to rewire you. Let it begin to change the way that everything emotionally works inside of you. Your Word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That Word that comes down on the inside and it makes you be a different person. So that you, you, you can't change and, and, and buy into the world stuff. But your heart, you see, whatever's in your heart, when, when you come under pressure, that's gonna, what's going to come out. And if you keep reading verse 22, they are life. They are life. They are life. The words of God, they are life to you. Heaven and earth will pass away, but those words, in Him was life. Speak the Word of God over yourself. If you don't feel like you're alive, then begin to speak that Word. You can't live except by the Word of God. I'm telling you, those phones that you have, some of you got new phones, some of you got watches, you can play the Word of God 24-7. You... It's interesting to me. We play video games. I watch them. I watch adults sit around and play uh, card games on their phone. I watch them play Candy Crush. That is the dumbest game I have ever seen in my life. Sit there and move dots around on the screen. And then wonder why you feel depressed. Wonder why you're so tired. Go, you, some of you are already playing video games on the television that your children have got. No wonder you have no life. Life is found in the Word, and you can use those tools that have been given to us to listen to the Word of God. Guess what? You can listen to me twice. You, you, can, you can take this sermon. You can say, he's talking so fast. Well, you can slow me down right there on your phone. You can go from one to one and a half. You, you can slow that down. You can hear this again. Listen, the Word of God is life. And if you really appreciate this gift that's come, you'll begin to pay attention to this more and more in 21. And health, good God, take whatever medicines, whatever, do whatever they tell you to do. Listen, but let me tell you, health is found in the Word of God. He sends His Word to heal us. He delivers us from sickness and disease through His Word. He Himself bore our sins and our transgressions in His own body, and that by His stripes we are Heal. It's the prescription for disease and for sickness is the Word of God. Verse 23, he repeats it. Keep them in your heart. Keep them. Not only put them in your heart, but keep them. Once you get them down in your heart, the Bible says guard them, for out of it flows the issues of life. You'll have to continually guard what is put in your heart. You'll have to put up some, some boundaries and say, no, 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 I'm not crossing that line. I've got to protect my heart because out of it flow the very life of God. Jesus would say, out of your heart flow the very issues of life. You've you, you got to protect this. You've got to be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, make your request known to God that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts Listen, if you get to worrying about something, you're letting your guard down. 
Anytime you begin to get anxious about something, you're letting the guard down. Worry will always destroy the defenses that you've placed around your heart that holds the Word of God. Worry is the very tool that the enemy uses to rob you of the Word of God. Stop it. In Jesus' name, you've got to guard your heart. And you guard your heart by not allowing the world to cause you to worry about what if. Because you have a word that is promised. Your future is going to be good and blessed. You have that word that he has plans for you. So you have to guard your heart. Which leads to the next point. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. One translation says, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk out of your lips. If you can guard your heart, then you have to understand me. We have to change the way we talk. Listen, the world system, the world system has begun to use words to to control, to to cause people to have fear, to, to, to divide people. I have watched it for 20 years. The system of the world has begun to use the power of speech to keep us divided. It's used the power of speech to sow seeds of doubt and fear and unbelief and suspicion in its fellow neighbor. We have to take that back. The proverb writer says you have to remove all deceitfulness. Deceitfulness. It's not that people lie, but they deceive. See, they deceive. Adam and Eve was deceived. Not, the enemy comes in and he doesn't just tell an out and out lie. He says, the Bible says, and Christ has to take and go, no, no, but this is what it means. The proverb writer says that you have to put a deceitful mouth. You have to take all corruption out. You, you, you have to begin to speak it very clearly. And it's not that I've heard people say, well, I'm just going to tell it the way it is. and I don't care whether it hurts you. No, that's not the word of God. The Word of God always comforts, always consoles, always loves, always gives life. Every time I've been corrected by God, I knew what I needed to do to recover. You see, many times people speak a word, but it's never enough to help them to know what to do to recover. We have to begin to take back the power of the air in terms of the ability to speak. The Bible is filled with this as a man speaks and listen, life and death are on the tongue. Uh, the proverb writer goes on to say, a wholesome tr- tongue is the tree of life. Life is not the results of works. Life is the result of the word that comes into your heart and is out of your mouth. James says, if you can bridle your tongue, you can control your whole life. Blessings and cursing should not come out of the same mouth. So take control in 21 of the speech that we have been given. Verse 25, Proverbs 4 says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Gaze directly what's in front of you. I I think it's hard not to get distracted. I I mean, listen, I'm about half ADD. Squirrel, squirrel. I mean, I I ramble. I ramble. Sometimes I, I, I see it in people's eyes. I start rambling and I start telling people about when I was eight years old and in the third grade. And, and I can see people go, oh my God, he's rambling again. Um, but, but we can get distracted if we're not careful. And we get distracted by the things of this world. But the Bible says don't turn to the left or the right. To stay very focused. To stay very attuned. That we shouldn't falter between two Opinions that we need to keep our eyes straight ahead. 
We need to keep looking right here at the Word of God. Not, not over here, but here. Listen to me. Have you ever tried to correct a child? When you cor correct a child, can I tell you something? You go, come here. Come here. Keep, look at Pops. Look at me. Even when you're trying to help somebody calm down. I, I've been in situations that were just very difficult. And I'd, I'd look at people and say, no, look at me. Look at me. Don't look at them. Look, 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 look right here. We have to keep straight ahead. We have to keep looking. I mean, the blessing. May his eyes be upon you. May his countenance be upon you and give you peace. Eyes are the window of the soul. Whatever you're looking, stay looking at the word of God. <sighs> Ponder the path of your feet. And let all your days be established. Ponder. Uh, in 2021, if we're going to experience the power of the word that's been gifted to us, we're going to have to take responsibility for what we ponder. We're going to have to take responsibility for what we meditate on. And meditate is not just a glancing thing. I mean, not just sitting down to pray, but I mean sitting down to meditate on a passage of the Scripture. You see, when I meditate, I take a passage of the Scripture and, and I read it over and over and over again and I begin to meditate on that. What did it look like when she crawled through the crowd and touched the hem of His garment? What, what did it look like? And, and what does it mean? And allow to meditate on that, to allow it to create and form. <laughs> the Bible says in Psalm chapter 1, if you meditate on the Word day and night, you'll be like a tree that's planted by the living water. What are we meditating on? What are we pondering? What, what are we muttering over and over again? And then finally, the twelfth step. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from all evil. Don't, don't stop. Don't turn around. Don't turn back. Make a commitment to the Word. If you're going to receive the gift of the Word of God then make up your mind that you're going to stay on the Word of God no matter how it feels or how it looks. I really believe this. If you stay in His Word, you'll find rest in Him. And this will be the year that you'll become totally free. I think there's a total freedom coming for you and for me if we make up our mind to break our addiction to the world. Break our addiction to every system of the world. There is no system in this world that's going to set you free. But if you sell out to the way of the Word of God, to the system of the Word of God, I'm here to promise you that in 2021 the power of God will set us free. But you can't half unwrap it. You can't wear one of the slip-on slippers. You have to wear both of them. You have to dive into it, unwrap the gift, tear it apart, and begin to understand its freedom is wrapped up for you. The world says to save, and the Bible says to give. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The world says to look out for yourself, and the Word says look out for other people. The world, the world will always live in its self-sufficiency. The world thinks it can come up and live by its own bootstraps, that it is sufficient. But the Bible says, my grace is sufficient for you. And then when you are weak, there the strength of God is found. In the midst of the weakness that 2020 in many ways has left us. Can I tell you, many people I know have come to the end of the rope in 2020. The system of the world is too little too late. The system of the world is arguing over how much and what not. 
The system of the world will fail us. But the Bible says that when you're weak, you will be strong. Listen to me. We have to jettison our dependency on the systems of this world. And we have to unwrap the gift of the Christ that was given to us on that first Christmas. The Word made flesh. The Word available to us. We have to pay attention. We have to incline our ears. We have not to look away. We have to keep our heart, for in it is life and health. Keep our hearts and guard it. Put away talk that is not helpful. Look only straight ahead. Dream God's dreams through meditation and stay focused. Stay in the place where we endure. Don't allow this word to be robbed from us because of the cares of this world or the lack of a rootedness. This is the moment, church, to let Christmas be unveiled in our life to let Christ come through us by staying focused on the gift that God has given to us. His Word, that Word that He created with, that Word now lives in us. If we abide in it, if we hold Him, and if we speak it out, we can change the outcome of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Father, I pray this morning that the power of your word would begin to permeate into every home and into every life. That, Father, we would receive it, we would feast on it, we would take it into our lives and become one with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I hope this morning that you have prepared uh, some bread, a cracker, a juice, because the Bible says that as often as you come together, if you'll do this. See, the Word of God becomes of no avail if we don't simply do what the Word tells us to do. You can start this year out correctly by just deciding that if the Word says do this, you're going to do it. Many years ago, when I began to read about believers and walking in the Word of God, I began to realize that we, many times as evangelicals and Protestants, have read over that Word and we missed it. And we don't do it, or we do it once a year. But now listen to me. As often as you come together, do this. Take a piece of bread. Take a glass of wine. Forgive one another. Forgive one another. Remember that it is Christ that died. It is Christ that rose. It is the gift of God to us. You see, we need to remember that God gave His Word. His name is Jesus. And that Word was crucified on a cross. That blood was shed. And in that act of redemption, we were redeemed. We were made whole. And we receive again the gift of God. And you're saying, oh, but this is just a piece of bread. And I go, no, no, no. It is the symbols, the signs. It is the way that God conveys His power to us. When we are obedient to do what He said to do, then the power of God is made fresh to us. And it's renewed to us. This is not what you think. This is not some kind of, that's that group and this is this group. No, this is what believers do. From the very beginning, the early church would hide out in the catacombs of Jerusalem. And they would break the bread. And they would pour the wine. And they would wait for the presence of God to come upon them. And God would heal them. God would speak another word. God would redeem them. God would protect them. Because they truly believed in the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the coming again of the Christ. You see, when the baby was born in the manger, it was but the beginning of our redemption. 
We have to continue to unwrap the baby in the manger till we can see him on the cross, until we can see the empty tomb, until we can see him seated at the right hand of the Father, until we can see him coming to us in the power of his Spirit. And then we can acknowledge the gift of God that we've continued to unwrap clear down into this moment. So have you got your elements? If you got them, join me at the table. Hallelujah. 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 Christ was born on a night, probably a cold night in Bethlehem. Christ was captured on a night. And on that night, he took a piece of bread and he took a glass of wine. Hmm. He blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, all of you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he said, This is the cup of my new covenant. It's my blood that's shed for the forgiveness of sins for you and for all who believe. As often as you do this, you declare my death until I come. That's, that's silly, right? That's crazy. But you see, I believe in a crazy reality that Christ was born of a virgin that Christ died and Christ rose and Christ is coming again. I believe in that craziness. And so I believe that here and wherever you are at, that Father, you would send your spirit upon these gifts and those gifts, that you would send your spirit upon me and upon them, that we might become the very people of God, the body of the living Christ. I ask that in the name of Jesus. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. We have just celebrated that he came on Christmas, but I am anticipating his coming again. So pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The body of Christ that's broken for you. The blood of Christ that's shed for you. These are the gifts of God for you. This body is the bread of heaven. This blood is the cup of salvation. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, manifest your healing, manifest your peace, manifest your freedom in the life of all who are listening. May your word work powerfully in every home and in every life, right now and for it ever, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, thanks for being a part of the Father's family. I am so humbled. Our family seems to just be growing, not only in America, but around the world. And I just want you to know that you are in my heart and that I am praying for you. And not just I, 
But a number of our intercessors are praying for you every day, holding up. If you'll send me your prayer request, I promise you I personally will pray and call your name and believe God to manifest His Word in your life. I do believe that 21 is going to be a year of great power, exceeding greatness of His power. And so uh, subscribe to our uh, online, the YouTube, the Facebook. You can get us right here on the website. Uh, subscribe. Invite somebody else. And again, if this ministry is impacting your life, if you consider giving, I certainly do appreciate it. Uh, it helps each and everything we do. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He look you in your eyes and grant you His peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless.